0: Thanks to Crymol, local malt or local beer. This is Radio Brews News. My name is Pete Mitchum, I'm your host, and uh, this week we have got a fair bit of news to get through on Radio Brews News. Today we will be looking at uh, Mountain Goat pops corks for sale. You've got rocks in your head. A Renaissance for Renaissance. A full contact contract battle, and we'll take a look at the agrunner's are runners in the New Zealand Beer Awards. But first of all, welcome to um, my co-host Matt Kierkegaard. G'day prof. That's what sorry. you say. That's yeah. the one. No, no, no. Good good work, good work. Good, work no, no, no. good work. Just like we did in rehearsal.
1: <laughs> G'day, prof. No, I am still yeah. my head's still spinning from the fact that you you dropped the big story of the day uh, from from the news.
0: No, I'm getting to that. I'm gonna actually oh, get through to you. But sorry. Yeah, that's okay. all right. Just stick to the script, all right? Okay, okay, which sorry. I'll send you I'll send you afterwards. And to uh, my other co host James Atkinson in our Sydney studios. G'day James. G'day, prof, how are you going? Very well, mate. Matt, another one bites the dust. Feral has been tamed. Discuss.
1: Well, yeah, mate, look, look huge news uh, dropped yesterday um, that Feral has been bought out by Coca-Cola Amadil. Um, It's, yeah, there'd, there'd been a rumour getting around a little bit, so I, th- these things must be incredibly hard to, to keep quiet because there was a little bit of a rumour, but uh, then again, there, there are rumours every week, um, and this just happened to be the time that the broken clock was right. Um so yeah, but anyway, huge news. Um, James and I obviously had the uh, chat with Brendan um, that he discussed it very frankly, I felt and I don't think that there was too much that he he didn't say about it but yeah, uh, you know, very big news, but you know nothing that wasn't really expected in terms of take you know that there were takeover expectations as uh, 2016 ticked over 2017. So um, yeah I mean look big news we'll, we'll, we'll see what it means as we go down the track.
0: So to be perfectly uh, Francis, Matt, I guess it's not the industry's worst kept secret, but it's certainly been in the same breath as Young Henry's, Four Pines, Stone and Wood and Feral. They're all just about to be sold. And uh, I guess in the last two weeks, two of those, um, I guess, on the top line of betting have come true. We all knew that there were going to be takeovers at some stage, which just
1: because it's happened overseas. um, And big brewers aren't good at cultivating uh, small engaged breweries. And so they do that through acquisition, you know, James and I had a, a, you know, over a beer, tried to work out who else was next. And, you know, it is very hard to work out who the, you know, who the likely takeovers are. And you know, Ferrell was probably down on my list of, of likely sellers. Um, Brendan was always fairly pragmatic about it. Um, I, I think the biggest surprise was that it was CCA, which hasn't exactly had a strong track record in the beer industry. um, and Ferrell is a fairly adventurous brand um, for for them to take on. But again, uh, Brendan, we, we we put that to Brendan, and he uh, had obviously thought long and hard about it as well.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that um, I mean, yeah, you obviously talked about there were several different drivers, um, you know, that that got him across the line with CCA. I think it, probably the most important one was though that he wasn't going to be beholden to stay at the company indefinitely, you know, for five years into the future before. Um, you know, in some kind of golden handcuffs type agreement, if you want to call it that, and and then um, you have to stay there till the end of that five years in order to, to get the final amount of money that he'd be due. So I think it was really, that was probably the number one reason that, that would have um, swayed his decision. But uh, James, I, I, I still don't think
1: that he would have sold, you know, having spent so much time on the brand and building something that he, uh, you know, he his intention is to stay there. Um, he just liked having the ability to not stay there if he wanted. I don't think he would have sold to any brewery that he didn't feel was going to be a good custodian um, for, for what he's done. Um, so you know, it,
2: it, yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and he did make make clear that there were those other considerations as well, like not wanting so much to. Um, to be, you know, one brand that dropped into a giant portfolio and then was forgotten about and mismanaged, with, just because there wasn't the focus there. Um, and he, he also, I think, uh, made clear that, you know, the, the CCA guys um, really did seem to understand what a brand like Ferrell could bring to the business and what sort of effort they'd need to put into it. So, and the other thing I say is, I mean, I just got the, um, you know, after we wrapped that chat with him, you could just kind of tell how much more relaxed. Uh, he was because you do see the toll that um, running a what is a big business for one person to have on their shoulders does take over a long period of time. And I've at different times when I've had a quiet beer with Brendan, I've kind of noticed that there is there is that stress about him. And and, and all I can say is I think after after having reached this decision, that he he seems more relaxed um, than than I've ever seen him. So so congratulations to him, and it's it's great news.
1: Yeah, and and I think that's the thing. Whenever you see these takeovers, there's a lot of anger, and you see a lot of new entrants and small breweries voicing a very strong opinion about no longer staying the true path. And I reckon anyone who's going to criticise Brendan, um, or who has is inclined to criticise Brendan, just sit back and wait ten years. Um, You know, because Brendan's actually been kicking around for fifteen years. He's carried all of that weight. You know, he's, he's he doesn't have private equity behind him. It's he and his wife who are the um, investors, um, they carry the debt for the brewery, which is substantial. Given he's had to expand the, the brewery twice in a very short period, and you know, whilst you're you're young and passionate and enthusiastic now, if you're sitting back in your brewery saying this is a cop out, this is a sellout, you just wait until you've been, uh, you know, see how your enthusiasm levels are in uh, you know five, ten years before you, you you start having a dig at somebody else.
0: Yeah, well said, Matt. And, uh, yeah,
1: it's not. It's not
2: too much. It's not too much to ask for a measured response for people on um, on on Facebook, is it? I'm sure. I'm sure they'll uh, they'll take that on board.
0: Watch this space. <laughs> uh, yeah, and for those who have not caught up, get over uh, onto the website and uh, pick up James and Matt's very informative and interesting chat with. Brendan. Uh, now, on the opposite side of the coin, I guess, is uh, Rocks is no longer for sale. What did you guys think of this, Matt?
1: Uh, well, maybe James can. Uh, James broke the story, so uh, maybe let him uh, have a bit of a chat about it.
2: Go for it, James. Well, yeah, I mean, Rocks had been on the market for four months, and in that time, there was a lot of rumours around that various different big breweries had, had a look at them and hospitality groups, um, uh, but they were not able to reach a deal, uh, and they've... Taken the brewery off the market, and I think now Mark um, Feathers is going to try and find another investor um, to join with him in in uh, the business and buy out his partner Simon Osborne. Um, but he did make the comment in the in the media release that the, the sale process had been particularly taxing for for Rocks, um, just in the sense that they'd lost a lot of a lot of taps um, and just due to rumours that were being spread about the sale. Um, so yeah, apparently. He was sort of saying that they've they've, they've let, let quite a few staff go in the process so now they're actually sort of they're no less profitable than they were, but it, 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 the company's definitely had a pretty tough few months.
0: Yeah, for sure and we we certainly uh, do wish them well and um, and hope that now that the business is back um, not for sale anymore that um, yeah business can sort of I guess tick along. and we should point out too that Simon Osborne hasn't just sort of you know pulled the pin um it's you know death of i believe his father james and that's just sort of you know made him reassess what he wants to do and and you know um what he wants to uh, get out of life uh, and that's the reason that um that, that the business was originally for sale actually i wasn't
2: aware of that particular detail i don't know don't know where
0: where, that, where, where you heard
2: that one prof but um that wasn't on my radar so oh, yeah don't.
0: No, I just had a, had a bit of a, 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 um, a stuck-in-traffic chat with Scotty Morgan, um, as I often do, and uh, just sort of caught up with him on a, a few bits and pieces, just to clarify a couple of things that have been said, um, which we might bring up in, um, in future podcasts. Uh, now, I guess, you know, just a bit of gloom and doom, but um, next on the list, uh, a renaissance for renaissance, which I guess is uh, it, it's good and bad news. Yeah, Prof. Um, yes, yeah, our,
1: our first contribution from New Zealand beer writer Martin Craig, um, there'd been news breaking on Monday and Tuesday that uh, Renaissance had gone into receivership and it was all doom and gloom and things would die. Um, and, and incidentally, you know, in addition to 2017 being the year that we expected to see a couple of takeovers, we also expected to see a couple of um, uh, breweries go out the back door and, um, but, yeah, Renaissance was, uh, and it, everyone was sounding the death knell for it. Um, so Martin wrote a piece for us, just having a, a a chat with the owner, looking at that and whether it did mean that. And uh, he pointed out quite fairly that uh, Renaissance isn't in receivership. It's in administration, which is a different thing. So they take it on to try and...
0: And, and voluntary administration. Voluntary administration, so yes. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Like a preemptive, I don't sort of understand the whole, you know, that that kind of side of, of, of business and um, all that sort of stuff. But um, it's like a preemptive sort of thing. So we realise we need a little bit of assistance here. Get somebody in who can, uh, you know, keep the ship. I think
1: it's calling think. the grown ups in to uh, to run the company. Yeah, sorry, <laughs>
0: without disrespect
1: to anybody, but yeah, having the grown ups in to run the company while um, and, and to sort of look whether it's viable to sort of um get the the, the the business back on track if there is a chance or just to sort of say look guys you know nice try but it just didn't work out and then uh, work out what the next step is in in terms of liquidating so uh, I mean good, good luck to them the the, the big thing for me uh, with, with, with this one is I've always been a little bit bearish about uh, crowdfunding and particularly equity crowdfunding which uh, New Zealand has and we have or soon'll have in, in, in Australia which allows you know, instead of just doing a donation the way that some people have it actually lets you uh, let let small businesses get uh, cash injections for equity without going through a full stock market and uh, i I believe Renaissance had two rounds of, of crowdfunding to get an equity injection and it still doesn't seem to have got them over um, and you know that just gets me thinking about um, you know crowd funding and and the, the viability of businesses that rely on that as their source of funding.
0: Yeah, yeah. and Martin also pointed out, I think um, it doesn't take a lot to sort of all of a sudden find your business on shaky ground. He talks about the thirty k worth of beer that they sold into, I think it was the UK. Um, go back to um, the Australian Brews News website and, and read the story for all the details. Um, and there was something like 20,000 of that sale got written off. Um, so I'm not exactly sure sort of what happened there. And then there was payment issues. So all of a sudden, you know, it doesn't take much to say, wow, this is really cool. We've got an order for, you know, $30,000 worth of beer. But if $30,000 in cash doesn't come into your, into your kick, um, it can really sort of, um, you know, throw things into a wobble.
1: Yeah, mate, and that's an, another thing that stood out. And I don't know any of the circumstances about this, so this isn't necessarily directly attributed to Renaissance. But you know, there was a lot of talk about breweries sending overseas um, at the moment, and particularly very small breweries. Um, and you know, sometimes beer doesn't travel well. So in the Renaissance, Renaissance's case, and the, the article is silent about this when the beer wasn't paid for was that because there was a quality issue at the other end and so whoever had ordered it didn't pay for it i don't know what i do know is that when i was in london in june um there were a number of breweries uh from australia that had sent their beer over it was on the shelves over there um dusty beer that had obviously been sitting there for a while it was down on a lower shelf in the bottle shops obviously not turning over and, uh, you know, so I'm always a little bit reluctant to get too excited when I get a major release from an Australian brewery saying um, that we're exporting beer when I've tried their beer in Brisbane and it hasn't travelled very, you know, it has made the uh, trip across two states very well, let alone, you know, across two hemispheres. Um, so, yeah, it's just just one of those things to, to, to bear in mind in the excitement of uh, being, you know, gee, we'd love to have your beer in X country. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to get pulled through at the other end, and that can actually have implications.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, Matt, our last story before we um, before we head off and uh, send our listeners with us to beer is a conversation, which this week will be um, one of our favourites, Jade Flavel from the um, from the Weedy, uh, who we're going to have a chat to. But before we do cover that off, one is a Grunners, the um, Brewers Guild of New Zealand awards. And I should point out too that there was probably a little bit of um, a, a, a declare here that um, a good mate of, of Craig Bowen, who is the, um, the head judge at the, uh, the Brewers Guild of New Zealand Awards, and he was discussing with me uh, in Adelaide when we did the Craft Awards for Australia. He he's the came over and did the sort of um, uh, convener, the, the head steward role, um, that they were clamping down a little bit this year on um, on. Uh, you can enter a beer if it's if it's if it's if you enter it as something that it's a different that is different to to what it's marketed at you can um you can win a gold but you're not eligible for the trophy uh and also that uh, they were clamping down a little bit on beers that had to be commercially available and this might be something that james perhaps can um can look into in a little bit more depth than poppy's his, his uh journalism hat on um there was a, a little bit of uh, was it controversy, or was it just sort of uh, anyway? Somebody was called out that you know their their beers weren't um, weren't available for the awards. Um, so we might just sort of look at that at another time. But um, on the Grinners side of things, um, the some interesting results and um, and Garage Project picking up the uh, the Champion Brewery Award. The, the the awards
1: very interesting. Garage Project perhaps no surprise, and perhaps the best coverage I've seen of it is the Brewers Guild of New Zealand has released information not just on who entered, on on who won, but also on who entered, which is something that I think is just commonplace in Australia where you can see all entries and so you can work out who didn't medal at all. Um, And Phil Cook, um, who is uh, Beer Diary, um, has the, the, the website Beer Diary, and I'll link to that, has done a very interesting table looking at performance at the 27 Brewers Guild of New Zealand Awards for breweries with 10 or more beers entered um, and looking at the their performance per entry. So, for example, Garage Project um, entered 42 products, I think. Um, they won four golds, nine silvers and 13 bronze. So, you know, it's a little bit like the US, you know, big population does pretty well. Um, and so Phil's actually looking at, you know, how people are punching, uh, by, by their weight. Um, a very interesting one was Boston Beer Company, which was the champion international brewery, um, picked up three golds, one silver and three bronze, but entered 39 beers. So 42, um, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, it, it's actual return on that entry on that, you know, Phil described it as essentially spamming the awards. <laughs> um, and if you enter enough, um, if you enter enough, you're going to do pretty well and get the gong and uh you know he he attributed some fairly um cynical motives to them for doing that, but considering that they don't really export to to boston but uh, look for for great analysis and a very interesting read um i'd you know refer people to uh to, to be a diary
0: yeah and uh, and really good too to see i guess some of the smaller breweries um pick up a few. Uh, awards as well. There's a few that probably in Australia we're not that familiar with. I've, I've become familiar with quite a few of them uh, in recent times, particularly with uh, with Gabs. Got to know some of the guys and, and meet some of the some of the brewers. Um, and uh, Shane Morley, who I, um, I've been judging or stewarding with at the Australian International Beer Awards for uh, for six or seven years now. Um, great to see his uh, little Steam Brewery become um, awarded the the champion manufacturer. And then some of the smaller ones like, um, like Sawmill um, and Eagle Brewing, Eagle, I think is, is smallish. Um, but yeah, Sawmill, um, I hadn't, hadn't sort of come up on my radar and, and had them on stage last year and they, they had some um, uh, low and slow barbecue that they were doing at, at Gab's as well, which sort of um, attracted me to them. Really lovely people and, and, and great to see them uh, pick up an award as well, as well as uh, Big Joe from uh, Liberty Brewing. Who uh, who picked up the um, experimental aged barrel, something. Um, the, the I guess what uh, I think it's probably specialist special specialty beer category. I think in um, at the Australian International Beer Awards, so the the equivalent of that. So well done to them. And um, we should just quickly before we go, Matt, uh, mention that uh, Joe from Liberty uh, did some collaboration with um, uh, Hawkers and Hawkers and Liberty are now doing. Um, it's something of a, it's a bit of a kind of a, a roving Woodstock. They're doing, I think, 12. It it, it is. It's Australia versus New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. And so a battle of the IPAs. Battle of the IPAs. Taking them to, yeah, to uh, all, to to, taking it to all parts.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so, so jump on the, uh, I I guess the Hawkers website would be the best place to find out a little bit about, uh, more about that because there's events right around the country and uh, find out the one that's nearest to you. Sounds like an interesting little project.
0: Coming soon to a town near you. Now, Um, speaking of, yeah, go on, go. On. I was gonna say, before
1: you sign up, we actually we've we've got a card or a letter this week, so we might even oh, just okay. insert a little bit of a card. It's it's a long one, so uh, sit back and listen to the cards and letters music. Lonely
2: days are gone. I'm a going home. My
1: baby used to wrote me a letter. And uh, yeah, no lovely letter that landed this morning, so good timing, and it was from Jose Perez. Um, Hi, Pete, Matt and James. I hope you're well. I just discovered your podcast this week. I've already been listening to a few of the past episodes and I find it awesome. Thank you very much, uh, Jose. It's very informative and a fantastic way to get news and to learn about the beer scene and industry. I was pleasantly surprised to hear Matt's voice as I attended an introductory session about beer and beer tasting. He gave it Brewski in Brisbane in 2014. I do remember you actually, uh, Jose, when I saw your photo um, in your profile pic, um, which is the main reason I now have an interest in craft beer. There you go. That's a nice bit of feedback, Prof. Yeah, very nice. Um, I originally came from the south of France, and unfortunately there is not really a beer culture in this part of the country. Uh, I think he means that part of the country. Um, I was listening to your most recent podcast, episode 141, where Pete was mentioning his trip to New Caledonia and the place Le Three Brasseurs, I think that's how you pronounce it. It That's how I pronounce it
0: anyway. he did well.
1: Where he went, uh, I thought I could give you a bit of extra information about this place as I heard you are wondering where the name came from and if there were actually three brewers. Uh, Le Three Brasseurs is a French uh, restaurant bar microbrewery franchise that owns several places across France mainland. Um, French overseas territories such as New Caledonia and Canada, and soon Brazil. Their story originated in the early 1900s in the city of Lille, north of France, where three brewers partnered together to create a brewery that would become one day the most significant in their country. In 1985, their descendants, who interestingly were also three, hence the name, decided to associate beer and food and open their first La Tre Bresseurs restaurant with a microbrewery inside. It was a great success, and it led to the opening of many more places. They always brew the beer in-house, and they offer the same choice of beer across all places, a white, a blonde, an amber, and a dark, plus some special beers that you would only find in specific locations or for special occasions. I used to go there when I was studying in the south of France. I found this information on their website, and I'll link to to there. It is in French, and they have a Canadian French English version, though it does not have as much details. So uh, I'll I'll link to that, and also dig in a little bit deeper to find out where that's marketing. And when I read that, I think I might have, when I was in France about four or five years ago, I think I might have actually gone, and it rang a bell last week when you were talking about it, um, that I might've actually gone to one of their franchises. So I might even dig back through my notes, um, for that, because I do remember that a white, a blonde and amber, and then just, you know, like a Christmas bill at beer or Noel was a uh, standard there. So uh, yeah, no, Jose, thank you very much. I hope that's uh, Jose. I, um, thank you very much for, uh, emailing us and, uh, yeah, great to, uh, great to hear that I was able to do something for your love of beer and, uh, that, that you've kept that journey going.
0: Nicely done. Um, is it, we probably should head off, Matt. What I'd like to do is um, perhaps hold off until next week's uh, Radio Bruce News. A bit of a um, man on the ground um, report for you uh, from you about uh, Brisbane Oktoberfest. Is it this weekend? Finishes this weekend. It- it
1: run, And, I, mate, I would be delighted to do that. It's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, no, if anyone is in Brisbane, uh, get along to it this Friday. Well, you, Friday you'll be cutting it fine uh, when the podcast <laughs> drops, Saturday and Sunday. Um, but, yeah, no, get along. But, no, I'd love to have a chat about it next week.
0: At the, at the Brisbane Showgrounds, Bowen Hill. Bowen Hill. That's, That's the one. Yes. yes. Too easy. No worries. Listen, We must away. Let's uh, strike up the band, and uh, we will see you all over at uh, Beer is a Conversation. We will catch up with Jade from The Wheaty. Thanks, Matt. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Prof.